Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I am going to welcome Terry Wendell. He is with Rock Hill Bigfoot. And it's a pretty amazing because he is a Bigfoot researcher. Hi, Terry. How are you tonight? I am doing well. Pleasure to be here with you on Twilight Tonic with you and your listeners. Uh, I love having you on here. Um, I got a chance to talk to you before the interview a couple days ago in you told me some extremely fascinating things about your research. There are there are some interesting things in the woods. Yes, I agree. I'm beginning to learn more and more about that. Terry, how did you get started in this? Well, um, it's a good question. I, I've always been interested in Bigfoot since I was a little kid, probably about eight years old or so. Um, you know, back then you didn't have the Internet and there, there wasn't all this. You couldn't just Google and find out things. Um, and I was always interested in UFOs and Bigfoot and things like that. So I would read books and, um, spent a lot of time on my grandmother's farm growing up here in South Carolina in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Um, we probably had, if you counted all of the the land from all the relatives around, it was probably about a 2000 acre track. So for a kid that loves the woods, that was Disneyland. You mm-hmm. could just go yeah. wander. There were there were streams. There was a major river that was close to this. There was farmland, pasture land, old growth woods, mm-hmm. um, game galore. So it was just a paradise for for an eight year old boy. And that was when eight year old boys could just wander in the woods, and parents <laughs> wouldn't be worried about them. Right. As long as you as long as you were back before sunset. Yes. And I. Um, always loved going in the woods, but when every time I would go in and wander, I would get this feeling that I wasn't by myself. Mm-hmm. I never felt threatened or like anything was was bad or was gonna, you know, was was out to get me. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of like if I turned around fast enough, I'd see somebody duck behind a tree or duck down behind a hill. 
Mm-hmm. And I never could figure out what that feeling was about. Uh, so I just kind of figured, eh, okay, that's just the way of the world. So right. I'm just going to be an eight-year-old boy and wander around. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I had a few weird things happen to me uh, growing up, again, spending summers there. Didn't really know what they were about. Uh, the thing that really got my attention is when I guess I was about nine or so, mm-hmm. um, I was walking down this road. Uh, I had finished my chores for the day and just asked my mom, uh, hey, can I go down to the spring? Because um, there were all kinds of berries in season and mm-hmm. it was just a nice, cool place to cool off. It was a freshwater spring. You could drink straight from it. So I just figured, okay, I'm just going to go down there and cool off and hang around for a while. She said, okay, sure, you know, back back before sundown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started walking down this road that led into the woods. It was a uh, it was a, a road that had been cut in for, for clearing land and clearing timber. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of walked along. The spring was maybe a mile from from the uh, my grandmother's house, maybe not that far. Um, but it was a pretty easy walk. Mm-hmm. And as I got into the, got a little bit down the road into the woods, I found a pine tree that was snapped off, probably about eight feet tall, uh, or eight feet up rather. And it was not a huge pine tree. It was, you know, probably, um, you know, a couple of inches, three, four inches in diameter. But it was the only one snapped off anywhere around. And I thought, well, gosh, that's kind of odd. Never seen that before. Um, so I kept on walking. And I got a little further down the road, and I found another one mm. snapped off just the same way. And I thought, okay, um, this is strange. Um, not quite sure what to make of this. Mm. And all this time, again, I had that, the feeling that somebody was around. So I walked on down a little further. And just as I was getting into the woods good, I found a third pine tree. But this one was not snapped off. This one was pulled up by the root ball and mm-hmm. stuck in the ground upside down. Oh, my. <laughs> and at that point, I decided that for whatever reason, I probably didn't need to go to the spring. Um, that was just a little too weird. And I didn't really know what it was about, but it just kind of startled me. And I got this feeling that, you know, I don't need to be there today. I don't know why, but I just don't need to be there. So. I turned around and went back home and had no idea what that was about. Um, Again, never felt threatened. It was just, you know, I probably don't need to be here for some reason. So I got back to the house, uh, told my mom about it, and she just kind of, you know, brushed it aside. Oh, you're just, you know, you're just making things up. You're, you don't know. Uh, It was probably just uh, wind or something that broke it off that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how the wind could have uprooted one and stuck it in the ground upside down. But right. anyway, <laughs> I just kind of shrugged it off. Um, and then a, a year or so later, when I was about 10, this movie came out called The Legend of Boggy Creek. Mm-hmm. I went to see that. And right then and there, I knew exactly what was going on in the woods. It just hit me like a ton of bricks fell on me. Wow. And it was a little bit off-putting because it shook me up so bad. Again, as a 10-year-old boy, mm-hmm. um, I didn't go back in the woods for a couple <laughs> of years. 
it took me a, it took me a couple of years to get up the nerve to go out again deep enough in the woods that I couldn't see home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I finally decided I got to get over this. I, I, I really like being outdoors. Nothing's ever hurt me so far. Um, I've got to get over this. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I started reading everything I could get my hands on. Um, you know, any book about Bigfoot, uh, I had no idea what was, what was made up, what was, what was, um, real and factual. I was just reading anything I'd get my hands on. Right. And I, I learned and I began as I read more and more, I began to be able to weed out what's, what was fiction from the true research and the science part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got started. And here I am. Wow. So all those experience equaled a new life and adventure. It did indeed. Um, I had no idea even back then that I would be doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. uh, going out in the woods and intentionally looking for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And um, I jokingly tell people when they ask about it, um, you know, if they say, well, have you found Bigfoot? And they kind of smirk <laughs> and they play that. And I'll look at him and say, no, but he's found me a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> and that usually changes the smirk on their face very quickly, right? And they, and they want to know more. They want to know more. Mm-hmm. So, as an adult, how many years have you been doing this, Terry? Um, I would say officially, what I would call my first real Bigfoot research outing was probably about ten or eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my my primary area that I go to is up in the Uwari National Forest in North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, about an hour away from where I am here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, it's one of the oldest mountain ranges anywhere in the country, mm-hmm. and there are all kinds of legends up there about wild men in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, the the witch that lived on the hill that mm-hmm. would put the evil hex on you. Um, ghosts, spirits that wandered mm-hmm. the night, you name it, there's a legend in the Uwari about it. Interesting. So it's, it's a really interesting place. Huh. And that was the first place I went. Mm-hmm. And I actually went with a couple of people that I had met uh, and gotten to know that kind of took me under their wing. And I trusted them and they trusted me. Mm-hmm. And they took me on my very first official Bigfoot research trip, and that very trip, we had a rock thrown into camp. Hmm. Very first time out, and they were able. We had thermal and uh, night vision gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually got it on video. I, I was recording audio, and one of the other guys was recording it on FLIR. We've actually got a video of the rock coming into camp, and oh they found the rock because it was white hot on the FLIR. Mm-hmm. And the guy behind the FLIR walked the other fellow into it. He picked up the rock, brought it over, and gave it to me. And I have that rock on my desk to this day. Interesting. Huh. Are they known to throw rocks, correct? They are. Uh, that's one of the things they do. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they mean to hit us. I think they're doing it kind of just to see what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I don't think they mean to hit us when they throw the rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's several reasons that they do it. 
Um, one, they are trying to get our attention because rarely I found out uh, there are rarely one Bigfoot. There are usually two or three. Mm-hmm. So they'll use the rock as a distraction to make you look one direction while the other one moves when you're not looking. Ah. Or um, it's kind of been uh, hypothesized that there are juveniles that are just out having fun, like kids do sometimes, mm-hmm. and just want to see what we'll do. Interesting. So you kind of get the feeling that there's a couple of teenagers out there that are like, okay, wait, wait, <laughs> see the guy in the red hat? All right, all right, I'm going to throw a rock. Now let's watch what he does. Let's watch what he does. Okay, okay, he's freaking out. He's freaking out. Okay, okay, you go over here about 20 yards this way, and you stomp around the woods and howl. <laughs> Let's see what they do now. You kind of get that feeling sometimes because, again, if if they wanted to hit us, uh-huh. they could beat us at any time like a Major League Baseball pitcher throwing a fastball. That is, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I would not want to be hit by a rocket, especially no, how people describe them. <laughs> by and, them. and actually, Native Americans will tell you, uh, some of them will tell you, if they hit you in the head with a rock in particular, mm-hmm. they're meaning to kill you because that's how they hunt. So mm-hmm. you know, I have never been hit by a rock. I have never heard tales of anyone modern day being hit by a rock. Mm-hmm. They have had rocks thrown at them. And it could be for a number of reasons. Again, it could be to distract you. It could be to let you know you're too close. Right. That, hey, you need to back up. Um, there's there's kids, there's Bigfoot kids in here. Um, and I don't want you around. I don't know who you are. And I don't know what you're going to do. So you need to back off. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're curious about us? I do. I do. I think they're almost as curious about us as we are about them sometimes. Um, there's a kind of a, a joke that in the Bigfoot community that we are Bigfoot's TV. Well, um, we know, are amusing. It, that's for sure. <laughs> we, we certainly are good heavens. Um, <laughs> you know, again, you, if, if you were a Bigfoot, I try to put myself in, in their, uh, inside their heads and you come across this band of hairless humans camped out around a fire with, um, music blaring and, mm-hmm all kinds of noisy things going on. And they just look at us like, what in the heck are these things about? Yeah. What are these guys doing? What do you think they think of music? I always was so curious because, you know, other creatures and animals, even my animals in the house respond to certain music. I, I think, I think they do have, I, I, appreciation is not the right word. I, I do think it intrigues them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard tales of people that play flutes or drums mm-hmm. in the woods, um, wind chimes, something like that. Um, I would say if you're going to play music in the woods, thinking about maybe making them curious, don't play the the normal loud stuff that they hear from hunters or from people on just out in the woods. Play mm-hmm. something, play something quiet, something soft, play some classical music. Um, I, 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 again, I don't know if the word appreciation is the right word, mm-hmm. but I, I think it does intrigue them. Yeah, I bet they're very curious. Yeah, and they're, they are, you know, they're very intelligent. So who's to say? Interesting. So you yourself, as an adult, have you had any experiences with them? 
I have indeed. I've had several. Again, one of the one of them was the rock throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get that now pretty much any time we go out. Um, it's just really interesting. Uh, probably the most exciting, interesting, terrifying, happy, joyous, all rolled into one event that I've had with them is uh, not too many years ago, I got poked through my tent wall in my shoulder by one. Mm. I might be running at that point. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm not sure what I would do. I'd be petrified. It's it's it was an experience, and and I have to tell you, um, I when it happened, um, I heard him walk up, and I say him because it was massive. I, the 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 footfalls. I know what a chipmunk or a squirrel jumping around in leaves outside my tent sounds like. Mm-hmm. This was not that. This was a bipedal, heavy being walking up behind my tent very slowly. Um, and it was just a flum, 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 flum. And then it stopped right behind my tent. And I'm laying there. I had just crawled in my tent. Uh, there's there's a, a part of the story that I can share with you um, in, in just a minute, if you want, that leads mm, up to yeah. this, make it even more intriguing. But I'm laying there in my tent. And I am wide awake. Now, there you hear people say, oh, it could have been a dream. I might have been asleep. I was dozing. No, I was wide awake. I was as awake as I am talking to you guys right now. And I'm laying there and I hear this walk up behind my tent. I hear him coming and I'm thinking, nah, this this is not really happening. No, come on. (laughs) Yeah, I I know they're real. I, I, I believe they're real, but this is not happening. And then he stopped right outside my tent. And I'm laying there and I'm thinking, your mind is just going like crazy, um, or at least mine was, because mm. you're thinking, all right, this can't be real. So what else could it be? It, it's not a dog. It's not a, not a deer. It's not right. a it, No, this is, this is huge. It's standing right there. What's he going to do? What's he going to do to me? Is he, is he going to tear through the tent and, and eat my face off? Or you know, <laughs> what's he going to do? What am I going to do? Mm. And then it dawned on me, well, what can I do? Right. If, he wants to hurt me. There's nothing I can do. And then it dawned on me again, something else, but he's not hurting me. He's just standing there. Mm. So, so what's going to happen next? And about that time from outside my tent, I hear. <sighs> oh, like a, like a deep sigh that almost sounded like, well, what am I going to do with this one? Oh no. And <laughs> And now I'm laying there thinking, okay, there is definitely something there. And all of a sudden, through my tent wall, I feel a poke from a finger that was probably about twice the size. It'd probably be two of my fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not a dog's nose. It was not a coyote. It was not a stick. You could feel the nail on the end of the uh. finger. And it was not a claw. It was a mm-hmm. nail. And it just kind of like slowly came in like boop through my tent wall. So now I'm laying there going, oh, this is cool. He's not hurting me. He's poking me in the shoulder. He's, <laughs> there's a Bigfoot outside my tent poking me in the shoulder. This is cool. Um, and at that point, I kind of relaxed and it was like, okay, well, this is, you know, he's not eating my face off. This is, mm-hmm. is kind of neat. 
And at that point, I felt, felt, felt the finger pull back out from the tent. And then he was just gone. I never heard him walk away. I never heard a sound. He was just gone. Huh. And that that one had me stumped and still does to this day. That's interesting. So the next morning I woke up, uh, jumped out of my tent, came out. Uh, there were a couple of people sitting around the uh, that I knew sitting around the, the fire pit. Mm-hmm. So I come, I come flat under my tent like, you guys are not going to believe this. You guys are not going to believe this. Let me tell you what happened. Um, and they were they were just tickled and smiling, and uh, nobody else nobody else had had anything happen to them, mm-hmm. so they were interested to hear the story. I did go out behind my tent to look and see if I could find any kind of tracks or depressions. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the area that we were in was on hard packed ground covered in pine needles, so you're not mm-hmm. going to get any tracks there. Um, so I jumped around behind my tent. Um, trying to recreate the sounds that I heard, um, you know, I actually stood up on a, um, on a crate that I had out there and jumped off. I couldn't come anywhere close to the, the sounds that these footfalls were, were making. Right. And, uh, it was, I was just like a, a pebble compared to those. So mm. now can I stand up in a court of law and say that Bigfoot poked me in the shoulder? Mm-hmm can't because I didn't see him. Uh, but but I don't have anything else that fits. It's mm-hmm. kind of the old Sherlock Holmes thing. You you eliminate, you know, all the other stuff that can't be and what you're left with, no matter how improbable, is most likely what it was. Right. So I am willing to say Bigfoot poked me in the shoulder. Right. Uh, and I and I always want the one thing I I kind of regret is that my brain was going so fast. I never thought to unzip the tent oh. and just look. And and I, truly, I don't know if I'd have been ready to at that point. Yeah. So it's probably. A, I would have been really frightened. Yeah, it was. Um, it was interesting. Um, the uh, the lead up to that story, I'll, I'll tell you this now that I've told you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was out. Uh, we, we were. I was with a group up in the uh, North Georgia uh, woods. We were at a campground that was kind of a campground in name only. Uh, you had to drive across one creek just to get to the parking area and then walk across another creek to get to the camping area. So, you know, it was out there and it was um, it was pretty deserted when we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were probably about 12 of us in this group that we all knew each other and we were camped around different places, just kind of hanging out, getting together and Hadn't seen each other in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these were all other Bigfoot people as well. So I had put my tent kind of furthest back away from everybody else. Just kind of thinking, well, you know, if I was Bigfoot and I wanted to come observe, this would be a good spot. You know, he could, I'm visible, but I'm not in the middle of everybody where he could, you know, he could just walk around and <laughs> silly me thinking, right. he could just walk up to my tent and just take a look. So. <laughs> what you wish for. Uh, exactly. Um, and I usually, when I go camping, I take a trash bag with me and pick up trash from wherever I am. And because unfortunately, uh, a lot of people don't respect mm. the wood and just leave their stuff all over the place. So yeah, like they're um, the only things that live in the woods, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're not in our homes. We're in somebody else's home when we do that. And I wouldn't yes. appreciate you coming into my house doing that. Exactly. So. I just try and do my best to to make up for the other silly people. 
Yes. And I had a good friend. <laughs> I had a good friend who was with me um, that I've known for a while. She's um, Native American, mm-hmm. and she was with me picking up trash, and we were just talking. And we were back behind my tent a good ways, and we kept walking back through the woods a little further and got to the spot where there was a big fallen old growth tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had just died some years back and had fallen over. And this thing was huge. It was, oh gosh, I don't know, a couple of feet, three feet in diameter or so. Um, and it was kind of a, a good stopping point for us to clean up trash. And about maybe, I don't know, 20 or 30 feet behind that was kind of where the dense wood started, mm-hmm. uh, what I would call the, the real woods. Um, so we stopped and walked back and took our trash and, and packed it back out when we left and uh, didn't think anything else of it. And so that evening we were all sitting around the campfire. We had had a common meal and we're just sitting around talking and it was getting late. It was on about, I don't know, 12 or or so, and I, truly, I was not paying attention to time, but it was dark. Uh, it, it had gotten dark. And at that point, there was me and my friend and maybe one or two other people. And we're just sitting there. And I hear my friend say, I think I'm going to take a walk. And I've known her long enough to know that that's her code for, I think we might have company. Mm-hmm. So I leaned over and said, well, can I go with you? And she said, sure, come on, let's go. So she takes off walking. Now, this is the middle of the night in the Georgia woods. Mm. We have no flashlights, no headlamps, no infrared, no nothing. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're just, we didn't have time to do that. I was, I was following her. I'm just going where she's going. Right. And so she's walking like she's got radar vision and can see where she's going. And I'm stumbling along behind her, trying not to step in a gopher hole or trip over a limb or something. And I start to realize she's making a beeline back for that log where we were today, mm-hmm. back behind my tent. And I thought, this is interesting. So we got to that log and she stopped. And right ahead of us, again, I said, you know, where the, where the real woods started mm-hmm. um, was an, a stand of old growth trees. And I knew they were there. I'd seen them earlier in the day when it was daylight. Um, but it was dark. I mean, this, this is the kind of dark you get only in the Georgia woods in the middle of the night. Right. I, I could sort of make out my hand in front of my face. And after I had gotten away from the firelight, uh, my eyes had kind of adjusted a little bit. I could see the outline of the trees, but that was about it. And I hear my friend standing next to me say, oh, they're coming. They're coming. Oh, they're here. Oh, look at this. They're, oh, there's three of them. Oh, there's a big one, and there's a there's a there's a young one, and oh, there's a little girl. Oh, oh aren't you cute? Oh, look at you. Oh. Now I'm thinking. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> okay, I we'll have to edit that out. I'm sorry. Hang on That's a okay. So, <clears throat> okay. So at that point, I'm thinking, hmm, this is interesting. I I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. I trust my friend. I've known her a good while. If she says there's something there, I need to pay attention to that. But I'm not sure what I'm going to do here because I can't see anything. What do I do? So I just leaned over uh, and kind of whispered to her. "Um, Yeah, I, I can't see them. Right. And she whispered back to me. 
We're not supposed to right now. Now, at that point, my head kind of went, <clears throat> what? <laughs> um, you know, I almost had to make the Scooby-Doo noise on that. Yeah. Um, so I'm I thinking, see that. I'm thinking, okay, well, uh, I'll just stand here and see what happens. And she's talking to him. And apparently they're reacting to her and I still can't see it. So I just thought, okay, I got to do something. So I leaned over and said, well, can I talk to him? And she said, sure. Say hi, introduce yourself. Just, just talk to him. So I'm thinking, well, probably just talking to the dark, but here goes. <laughs> so uh, I stand there for a second and gather my wits and say, okay, guys, um, my name's Terry. Um, I'm don't mean any harm to you or your family or anybody. I'm just here because I'm curious about you guys and I hope that's okay. I, I just kind of want to learn. And, you know, again, if that's, if that's not okay, let me know. We'll leave. But um, I don't mean any harm. And, and I just wanted to say hi. And that was it. Mm -hmm. My friend stays there talking to him a little more. And then she says, oh, okay, they're leaving. They're leaving. They're going away. Okay, well, you guys be careful. I can see you. Be careful. And I still haven't seen a thing. Right. So we walked back to the tent. And I didn't, or to the, to the fire, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was no one else left at the fire ring. So I just said, okay, I, I'm going to crawl in my tent. Um, it's been a long day, so I'll see you in the morning. And at that point, my head was really kind of spinning around. Um, I really didn't know what to make of all that. Right. Um, so I had crawled in my tent. I was just getting ready to lay down and, you know, get, got my sleeping bag all arranged and everything. And I had just gotten quiet. And that's when I heard the footsteps coming up behind my tent. Oh, so the rest of the story, you know, poked in the shoulder. Interesting. That was by far one of the most interesting nights I've had. So they were also curious about you, obviously. Apparently. Um, and I, I have heard it said uh, there uh, other you know, Native Americans will also tell you if one of them knows you, they all know you somehow or another. I don't know how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just figured I'd introduce myself and, you know, use my name and that way, okay, they know me and they know I'm not going to, I'm not here to, I'm not hunting them. I'm not trying to get their pictures mm -hmm. or take, you know, I'm just curious. I just want to learn. Um, most of the time anymore, I don't even worry about shooting video or trying to get photos of, mm -hmm. of Bigfoot. Um, it's actually kind of pointless. You know, I, I don't need to be the guy that is on the cover of Time Magazine, shaking hands with Mr. Bigfoot. No. I just want to know what's going on. Right. And you want to respect them. Absolutely. That's that's part of the Rock Hill Bigfoot. Uh, that's actually on my emblem. Respect is key. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, my friend that I was speaking of, usually when, when she finishes a talk about them, she'll close by saying, if there's respect between us, there'll be no problems. Right. And I've usually I've usually found that to be true. Um, a lot of the experiences that you hear that people have that are supposedly aggressive behavior from Bigfoot, Sasquatch, um, are probably initiated because of something that we did. 
Right. Uh, so, for instance, if if I'm out camping and I and I walk up on this really beautiful stream, this this a sandy bank, sandy beach, and it's just gorgeous and it's easy to get to, and I decide to do some fishing, and man, I'm just pulling trout out left and right. Um, that's a pretty good spot. So I'm going to camp there for the night, but I might not be the only one that fishes there. Um, there may be another two-legged creature that fishes there as well. Right. So that might be Mr. Bigfoot's equivalent to a grocery store. So imagine that Mr. Bigfoot is starting his day out, and Mrs. Bigfoot says, you know, don't come home tonight unless you got some food because the kids are going to be hungry and and you need to you need to bring us some fish. Mm-hmm. So he's come to the grocery store to get fish to take home to his family, but he can't get in the grocery store because there's these crazy people that have camped there and are in his way. Mm-hmm. So he needs to move us out of the way because he doesn't want to go home to Mrs. Bigfoot because <laughs> it'll be on at that point. Right. So he needs to move us out of the way somehow. So to do that, he's going to do bluff charges or make a bunch of noise or throw things and just try and make us leave the area. Mm-hmm. Um, now, And there's another instance where, let's say we're walking through the woods and we stop and we're chatting or we're going to set up camp. And all of a sudden you start hearing all this ruckus in the woods that, you know, things are being thrown around, tree limbs snapping, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of noises, maybe some vocalizations. And it sounds like a bulldozer is, is roaming around out in the woods. It's possible that we have unknowingly walked up on a family area because I do believe they travel and live in clans. Mm-hmm. And I, that that is that has some substantiation from other people as well. Right. So perhaps we walked up on a family area where the kids were sleeping during the day and they we've gotten too close and they want to move us out of there because they don't know who we are or what Mm -hmm. we're doing. So to my knowledge, there has never been a modern day account that has actually been documented of a Bigfoot killing someone. You hear all these stories that start out on Reddit or Creepypasta or all these other places, but once you really start looking into them, that's not at all what happened, or right. they're just complete, complete made-up stories. Um, you have to be careful these days. So I tend to believe that now, – now, having said that, anybody can have a bad day. So right. if you're out in the woods looking for Bigfoot, or even if you're not, don't be stupid. Um one of the things that we talk about in any group that we go out in is if anybody says for any reason at any point, guys, we need to leave. Mm-hmm. We turn around and leave. No questions asked. We just leave. If you get the creepy feeling that we need to leave, if you start feeling sick or nauseous right. like you've been zapped, let's leave. It's not that important. Let's leave. Right. And we do. Again, got to respect. Got to respect them. Yeah. When other people feel them, do they have that odd feeling that they're either being watched or that the hair on their body stands up? Do you often see that? I, I do know some people beside of me that, that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's – I'm not going to say I'm psychic, um, but I don't know if it's a, a reaction that they can create. Uh, some people 
um, hypothesize that they use infrasound. Uh, that's kind of how they they do what's called zapping, mm-hmm. where they you just get this nauseated feeling. Um, you're all out of sorts. You're discombobulated, and you just want to get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other animals that are known animals that do that um, in the wild now. Tigers will do that when they're hunting. They will actually use a burst of interest of infrasound to kind of disorient their prey before they attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically just freezes them. And that's been documented. Elephants communicate that way over right. miles and miles. Um, so who's to say that, that Bigfoot can't do that as well? I, I don't know. I've never, that I know of, been zapped. Um, I've just gotten from time to time, gotten the feeling that, yeah, you know, I don't need to be here right now. Right. And you just don't question that. At that point, you just, just turn around and leave. Come back another day. Now, with people that live close to the woods in very remote areas, do they often feel them coming up to their homes? Um, some do. I have spoken with a couple of people mm-hmm. that that have regular encounters with them. I've got a couple of friends that that have. Um, they're basically sharing their land with them, mm-hmm. and they will talk about having those feelings as well. Um, like you know, oh, I don't need to. I don't need to be out. Don't need to be out cutting grass today. Um, they're gonna. They're coming through or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in rural areas where there's farmland, uh, where they're they're kind of migrating around. Um, and it's just it's interesting. Again, I don't know that it's psychic. I I don't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. There's there are a lot of things that I don't understand about this, and that's that's why I'm out there. I want to try and learn what I can and figure this out. Um, so I I would say uh, of the people that I know that do have that going on, mm-hmm. they just kind of know the cycle of when they're going to be around. Um, there's there's one one person that I know of in North Carolina that uh, bought a farmhouse. She and her husband bought a farmhouse to only to discover that they are in some sort of migratory path for a clan of Bigfoot. Uh, their backyard is the Uwari National Forest. Oh, how nice. It's, it's beautiful. Um, she called me and a couple of friends in and said, um, she's actually another podcaster doing a Bigfoot podcast. And she said, look, um, if I go on the air and talk about this, mm-hmm. Um, people are going to go. Oh, sure, right, yeah. You you just happen to buy a farm that's that's got Bigfoot around it. So she said, I need somebody else to come through, come up here and and look at this and mm-hmm. document it. Right. And we did. Sure enough, there there is a path. Uh, it's related to the time of the month, the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll come through. I don't know if they're hunting, if they're just moving territories, but you can hear them. Wow. Um, hear these weird sounds start from one compass point off in the distance. A few dogs and some coyotes will start barking that way. Mm-hmm. Then you hear the weird sounds getting closer, and you hear other animals start to react to them as they get closer. And then they're right there around you, and then they go on off the other direction. And you can hear you can hear them coming and going. Um, don't know what they're doing. I've never seen them, mm-hmm. but it's very obvious that they're there. Um, uh, my friend and her husband have found all kinds of signs. 
they've had bags of sweet feed just basically picked up and thrown around the yard. Um, they have had uh, 55-gallon drums picked up and full of feed mm-hmm. picked up and moved. Wow. So, yeah, it's 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 the interesting thing. Um, so, you know, they're they're around. Yeah. And it's funny, as, as a kid, I used to think, oh, well, there's just, you know, one or two of them in there out west. And a lot of people think that initially, but <laughs> there are there are estimates that there are upwards of uh, half a million to a million of them in some some estimates that are living around the world. Yeah, I. You know, and you hear about them all over, um, even in Indiana, Ohio, the areas I'm from in Michigan. Mm-hmm. They have sightings here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they Bigfoot goes wherever he wants to go, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I have people that I've talked to that are in subdivisions, newly newly built subdivisions that are kind of encroaching on the woods that are out on the outskirts of cities. Mm-hmm. They have, they have stuff going on oh, um, yeah. and they think, Oh no, we're, we're in the city. Well, you're not really, you're in their home now. You've kind of bumped into them. So mm-hmm. um, they'll be wherever they need to be or wherever they want to go. Right. And it's really interesting. You mentioned in, in sightings, uh, there being sightings all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that's one of the things that interests me the most is how can so many cultures through so many millennium have the same stories? Oh, yeah. We call them different things. They look different mm-hmm. from country to country, from region to region. But it's basically the same. Yeah. So where does that come from? This was this was going on long before there was intercontinental communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where does that come from? How does that happen? Yeah, I've always there's got to be some commonality somewhere. I've always find that interesting because when you look throughout history, Bigfoot is one of them, vampires, dragons, ghosts, spirits, all that from all over the world is is recorded. Yeah. How does that happen? Um, you know, this too. Yeah, there's there's got to be something to this. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. If 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 in my opinion, if Bigfoot were a hoax, let's say it's a hoax, it has got to be the longest running, most well perpetrated, most thought out hoax of the world that in this history of history. Mm -hmm. Um, It just doesn't make sense for it to be a hoax. It makes more sense for it to be real, and it just one of those sightings is real, that means they're real. I often wonder, I always found this interesting, out of all the all of the creatures, all the cryptoids, and all of these reports of different species of things, I wonder why people find Bigfoot so hard to believe in. That's a really good question. I will I will tell you what my opinion of that is. Um and again, <clears throat> goodness, excuse me. I'll start over on that. That's, okay. That's a really good question. And and I will be happy to give you my opinion on that. Um, and that there are as many opinions of what Bigfoot is as there are people to have opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I I really oh gosh, I feel bad. I just forgot what you asked me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm having a coffin spell tonight for some reason. <laughs> Why do you believe that Bigfoot, out of all the cryptids, are uh, is uh, the hardest to believe in? To me, he's the closest to early man or primate. The that's a very good question. Um, let me say this: just my opinion. I think it's the hardest to believe in because it frightens us the most. It mm-hmm. challenges our beliefs in who we are as humans and where we came from. Right. I, I think that's probably the the biggest reason that people just say, no, it can't be. It just can't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll believe in fairies. They'll believe in dragons. They'll believe in thunderbirds. But Bigfoot, no. No, we, we can't have that. No, no, no. Um, because that challenges our place on the planet. Sure. And it's another intelligent being. They're smart it, enough it, to hide from us, obviously. Yeah, they are. They are, I believe, every bit as intelligent as we are, if not more intelligent in some places. I, I just, you know, people will, will ask, well, you know, all this time with all the money that's been spent, all the research that's been done, so many people in the woods, if there was really Bigfoot, we'd have found them by now. Well, my answer to that is, well, guys, with other animals, that's true. But with other animals, you're dealing with an animal that doesn't care if it's found or not. Mm -hmm. With Bigfoot, let's just suppose they don't want to be found. They know we're looking for them. They don't want to be found. So they are the true masters of the woods. Um, whether they can cloak, whether they're just really good at hiding, I don't know. But if they don't want to be found, we're in their home. Right. Um, you know, they know their homes better than we do. They're not going to be found if they don't want to. Sure. And unfortunately, I'm sure they've witnessed irresponsibility and gluttony. Oh, and they know, they know what hunters look like. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what people camping that spread their trash all around and come out and do all sorts of stuff in the woods and just leave and, and don't respect the woods or the water or anything. They know what that is. They, they don't want us around uh, unless they choose to make contact with us. Right. So that's one of the reasons um, whenever I go out and do um, any kind of Bigfoot research, most people, they, they've seen the TV shows. So all they think of, and this was, this was me in the beginning as well. We're going to go do Bigfoot research, so we're gonna, that means we're going to go stomping around in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. um, in the dark with no idea where we're going. That's not only a little dangerous, that's really not what you really need to be doing. Um, most of the times, I'll go find a spot, and this is usually a spot where there has been some activity or some reports, and I'll just go sit in the woods. And if they want to find us, they know we're there. Right. You know, they they know as soon as we walk into the woods, again, this is their home. They know we're there. Right. So if you just go sit and just be there and have a good time and just hang out and be respectful and don't be making a bunch of noise, they'll find you if they're interested. And that's often what happens. Um, I was out in the Uari not too long ago, and that's kind of what we did. Just went up on top of a ridge with a couple of guys and. Mm-hmm. 
didn't even build a fire. Just just sat there. We knew there had been some activity there before. One of the guys had gotten a really interesting photo um, of something on his FLIR that that he saw that appears to be something big and shaggy walking on two legs through the woods, or actually running through the woods, trying to to get away from him, to distance him, um, mm-hmm. distance or to distance themselves from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't have anything happen because we got rained out. There was a huge thunder and lightning storm that came through that just we're we're sitting on top of a granite ridge in the middle of thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, figured that probably wasn't a real good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so we left. Um, that might be a very electric experience. <laughs> yeah. Hair raising for a different reason. Yes. Um, but most of the times when I have stuff happen. It's not because I'm out stomping through the woods. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm just sitting there camping with a purpose, just being peaceful and enjoying being in the outdoors. And I'm sure due to COVID and what's going on now with all the people rediscovering campgrounds and running to the wooded areas for relaxation and vacation, is that, do you believe that's pushing them deeper into the forest I absolutely do. Um, on the one hand, I am very glad that people are rediscovering the outdoors um, and and going out into the woods. I'm glad that they are camping and that they have an outlet that they can go that's kind of safe and hang out with your family outdoors mm-hmm. uh, with all the COVID stuff going on. On the other hand, it breaks my heart because the last time I was camping in one of the campsites up in the Uwari, it was so overrun with people, loud music, people mm-hmm. driving through constantly, trash everywhere. Mm. Um, it was it was just really it was really sad to see. Right. Um, and again, I'm I'm happy that people are able to have that release to go out into the woods, but you know you need to respect where you are. Yes, definitely. And it's just it's just sad to me. Um, you know, if if I had n- no self-respecting Bigfoot would have been within two miles of this place. Mm-hmm. They they are gone back deeper into the woods now. Um, and when all this dies down, as it will, and people kind of forget about going camping, they'll kind of wander back up into the areas. I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll hopefully have some more encounters going on there. But yeah, for now, I think it's really pushing them deeper into the woods and and away from contact with humans. Right. And understandable. I I would, if if that was them, I'd be doing the same thing. I wouldn't want to hang out with us. (laughs) No, no. And it's so sad. I I do wish, and I, I hope people would understand this. If you're going to go camping, clean up after yourselves. It doesn't take but a minute. It really doesn't. I mean, that's you know, just disrespectful to all life. Don't, yeah, don't you, do that. <laughs> you, you wouldn't do that in your own home, I hope. Right. You wouldn't do that if you went to your friend's house. Why in the world would you do it in somebody else's home that just happens to be the outdoors? Exactly. Or at the very least, why leave it for somebody else to, to step all over um, when they come back after you've gone? It's right. just, it takes a minute. Just pick it up. Yeah, it's totally disrespectful to our yeah. to everybody. So what is next on your list, Terry, of adventures and investigations, research that oh. you're going to be doing? 
gosh, that I, you know, I truly don't know. Um, the weather has turned really cold and nasty here in South Carolina. Here uh, too. Upstate, <laughs> yeah, in the upstate area where I am, we've had freezing weather. Um, I, I haven't been able to get out as much as I would like to. So I'm kind of waiting for the weather to break. I want to go back up to the ridge in the Uari that that I was at mm-hmm. when we got run out by the rainstorm. Um, because it's a perfect spot uh, for for us to observe and for them to observe us. Mm-hmm. There is another ridge across a large creek from where we were. Typically, what we're finding, or at least what I've found, is the Bigfoots, are, if they're in the area, they want to have the high ground so they can look down on you and see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a perfect spot because the ridge across from us is a little higher. And we know from one of the friends that I was there with that there's been activity in that area. Right. So I want to go back up there and see if we can figure out what that was about. So that's probably going to be my next outing. Um, <laughs> and if I if anything happens, I'll I'll put it up on my social media sites, and you know you guys can can look and see. There's there's not really a whole lot there right now. I've just started all the Rocky Hill Bigfoot stuff. Right. Mainly is just a place for me to keep track of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not really going to be out trying to get video of Bigfoot because we've seen what happens when when somebody comes in with that. If it's if it's crystal clear video and perfect, it's a fake because it's it's too good. Right. And if it's blurry and all wiggly and and you can't make out anything, it's blobby. Oh, it's 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 not real. It's because you can't. It, no, it's tree stump. You can't see anything. Right. So, you know, at that point, it's like, well, what am I doing? I don't I don't really I'm not really worried about getting video of them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do, I do. But, you know, that's not my primary goal. Right. I just want to I want to figure out what it is. So I'm probably going to be back up in the Uwari, um, probably in Georgia and a couple of places again. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just see what happens. Awesome. If people want to get a hold of you for some reason, if they have a sighting or anything, how do they get a hold of you? Um, you can contact me online. Mm-hmm. I am on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Rock Hill Bigfoot. Okay. And you can message me or um, I, I don't think my phone number's up there yet, but uh, just send me a message and, and I'll be happy to talk to you. Um, yeah, I'm not going to laugh at anybody because how do I know? You know, I, I, right. I, I'm just trying <laughs> to figure out what's going on like everybody else. Um, so I'll be more than happy to talk to you. And uh, I, I had had something happen like that not long ago where a guy not far from me here mm-hmm. had an encounter where he saw one. And he didn't know he didn't know what to do. He didn't know who to talk to. He thought he was crazy. He thought people would think he was crazy if he mentioned it. And so through a friend of a friend, um, I met him for lunch and we just sat and talked about it. And truly, all he wanted to do was talk about it right. and, and have somebody look at him and go, I believe you. You're not crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I again, you can contact me. It may take me a, a minute or two to get back to you. Um <laughs> But you're more than welcome to, yeah, the Rock Hill Bigfoot on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Awesome. Terry, you're a delight, and thank you so much for coming on the Twilight Tonic. You've been a joy, and I really appreciate your time. 
I have really enjoyed being here with all you guys tonight and happy to come back if uh, oh, you ever want. Love to have you back, especially in the fall after all the summer adventures. That would be awesome. Okay. Well, um, let me know. I'll be back. All right. You have a great night, Terry. You as well. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.